It's Vilas Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR Radio Network. There, I think my computer's working now. Is it working? Looks like it's working. Looks like it wants to work, so that's a good good thing. Hedging the bets before the storm. Yeah, it's it's you know what? It's so funny. You almost have to. Like it's really disturbing how much you have to do that. Like you never quite know like what you're gonna have for like technology stuff and and everything else like you don't know if it wants to work if it's going to work or not joined now by the sports director for fox abc maine of course you can catch him on wvii abc7 up in bangor or wfex fox 22 up in bangor john alba joins us now he joins us after each wrestling pay-per-view we'll talk about that in a minute but i did want to i wanted to lead off here a, a little bit with the uh, University of Maine uh, women's basketball team, and uh, they're headed to the big dance selection show uh, is tonight. John, I know you, you like to talk to folks around. Are they going to avoid being one of those like uh, unlucky 16 seeds? Uh, do, things looking good for that, at least? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they're 16. Um, I think right now it comes down to where do they fall between 3 and 15, and I think they played too many non-conference opponents well to be laced with being a 15 seed. You've got the win over Boston College. You've got the win over Harvard. They competed with Ohio State. They competed with the University of Miami. And there were a few other games, uh, like the Toledo game, a game they very easily could have won, but they were in it right till the very end. I, I think, you know, even though the America East Conference RPI is high, Maine is a top 70 RPI team, and I don't I don't see them being a 15 or a 16. I think 14 is probably where they slide in after not having been in the tournament for 14 years. And I think there are certain areas in which you could make an argument that they're also a 13 seed, but they probably would have needed a few more non-conference wins to give a little more leverage. Uh, but, but still, I mean, you know, there's not quite as much parity in the women's tournament as there is in the men's tournament where – it's not uncommon to see a 14 over a 3. Uh, we've even seen 15 over 2 in the past, too. But, uh, you know, I, I think 14-3 is probably the matchup where they're going to be headed next. Now, the we uh, we had talked and kicked around uh, the, uh, the, the men's side of the program. Of course, I would like to, before I die, you know, I, I've seen the Cubs win the World Series. I've seen the Red Sox yeah. end their streak. I, there's certain things I want to see in my life before I, I've seen Haley's comet. I, I've, I've, you know, there's, I've seen a lot of things in in my life. I really wish I hadn't seen the Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> Just gonna say you saw the Red but Sox. That's one of those things that you know. At least I can say I was alive for it. I guess, and that's you saw, fine. You saw Jinder Mahal win the World Championship. I saw Jinder Mahal win the World Championship. So that was, you know, I saw David Arquette win a World Championship at one point too. So we won't even discuss that. But I've seen some weird things in my time, but. One thing I do want to see before I die is I want to see the University of Maine men's basketball program make the big dance. And I'm not talking about some play-in game where they're playing Tuesday or Wednesday night on True TV. Like, I want to see them, like, actually make it to the field. Even if they're a 16 versus a 1, like, I want to I want to see that happen. Or a 15 as a 2, like, I, I want to see that. Um, they, they've hired uh, Coach Barron, who did a great job of, of bringing the women's program kind of out of the out of the woods after the after the Cindy Blodgett era um it had been talking it was kind of like the the unofficial secret I guess for the longest time after uh after uh, uh 
Coach uh, Vashon was was kind of signed, and everybody talked about it as Coach Barron was still around the program, but he, he didn't go back and, and take his old post. And he's taken over the men. Um, he's taken over for Bob Walsh. First move over the weekend was to make sure that Teron Moss was on board, and he announced the other night uh, when he got his uh, Mr. Maine basketball that he would be going uh, to the University of Maine. I feel like they're off to a good start here. What do you think we can expect from this? Or Do you think we're, we can really just look at the women's program and look at that blueprint as what he did there, as what he's going to do for the men's program? In areas, yeah. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who believe that this was a best kept secret or something along those lines but i mean from everyone i've been talking to for almost a year uh this this came as a surprise to a lot of people very high up within the program um i mean i know that for a fact um i I also know for a fact that he had been pursued by a lot of major women's programs um and I, i guess in that regard it has to come down to what's best for me personally. What can I do personally to make an impact at the best stage of my life right now? And obviously this is a guy coming off a, a major, major illness that he had major, major surgery for. Uh, and he likes the Bangor or no area. So I, I guess that was the decision that was made here ultimately. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed immediately paying dividends is Richard is very good at community outreach and fundraising. And if you went to that woman's game this past weekend, uh, you saw that those men's basketball players were at the door tossing out tickets and whatever else they were given. Um, And and that's not something that we had seen in years past, per se. Um, You know... I think a lot of people see the success of the women's program and say, okay, well, we can do that with the men. But it's a lot more complicated than that because the recruiting spectrum on men's basketball is extremely different from women's basketball. And just because you have all these connections in women's basketball and had all that success, it doesn't mean that it's going to automatically translate over to the men's side. What he needs to do now, and I have a feeling that this is a, huge priority for him as he gets his coaching staff in place is to get a coaching staff with, you know, strong connections in the AAU realm in this local area, uh, to get people with strong connections uh, in high-level high school basketball, maybe in the South, maybe along the East Coast, uh, where you could potentially convince people to come up to Maine. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him trying to make some groundbreaking hires of sorts to open up some eyes and say, oh, wow, you know, this, this, we're doing something new up here in, at UMaine. So he's, he's going to need some help in that regard, and that's no fault of his own. He hasn't coached in men's basketball for years. Uh, so, you know, I think people, before they look at, ahead and are like, oh, wow, this, this is the blueprint to do it, you've got to get those small pieces in place first. But he definitely has an idea of what he's going to do, and, you know, I, 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 I'm, I think a lot of people are willing to give it a shot. John Alba is the sports director at Fox ABC Maine up in Bangor. All right, John, now let's get to the heart of the matter, the real the real cutting edge, the hard yeah. stuff. Fast Lane was last night. It was funny. My daughter, my, my kids love to watch it with me, and I think they only like to watch the pay-per-views with me because they get to stay up past their bedtime to watch them because dad's a sucker. 
And uh, and I remember when my when stuff was on that I wanted to watch as a kid, my parents were like, now nah, you get school tomorrow. I'm like, listen, I could have watched so many Patriots games or different things at night that I ended up missing out on. So I'm still bitter about that. So I let them stay up, and <laughs> I tell them if they're crabby in the morning, it's on them, and I don't want to hear about it. So you know that's that's how it goes. I actually had a had a better time watching Fastlane last night. I thought than Elimination Chamber. I thought it actually told a little bit better of a story and kind of set up the run to WrestleMania a, a little bit better than Elimination Chamber did. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought there were, there was actually a lot of really good storytelling in this show. Uh, particularly, I like the stories told in the main event. I thought the main event told three or four different great stories during the course of that. Um, I thought the women's match told a nice story as well. And uh, you know, even in the United States Championship match, I thought it was a little slow out of the gate, but the last five to seven minutes of that match really came together nicely. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it certainly filled in the gap to Mania, and I think you can almost confidently put together the entire card now. There's still a few little holes, but, you know, hey, we've we're, we're, we got, what, three weeks left of television, and we're under four weeks from Mania officially now. We're 27 days away. So, you know, I, I think that gives you more than enough time to fill in those little gaps with some concrete. You know, some of the gaps, you know, as I'm looking at that, so you've got uh, AJ Styles, Nakamura will be, uh, will be for the, for the title, uh, for the, for the SmackDown title. Um, what did, what did you think of the repackaging of Rowan and Harper last night coming in as the Bludgeon Brothers? And then they made them, you know, look like they came in and they were just throwing everyone around. I thought the power bomb onto the steel steps was excellent. That doesn't get done often enough. So heck of a bump taken there by <laughs> heck of a bump taken yeah. there. Like let's let, that, that was quite a uh, that was quite a way to really change up that match, which I think everybody thought was ah, oh, it's going to be another classic. Uh, uh, it'll be another classic USO brothers New Day match. That all of a sudden, the, you know, the the old Wyatt family comes in and just starts literally hammering people with actual hammers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's been since they redebuted. It's been about two months or so. And, yeah, I, I think a lot of people were kind of waiting for this big coming-out moment for them, and they certainly had it. You know, I think the the hammers are a little hokey, but I highly advise anyone, if they want more info on that, go listen to Sam Robertson interview with Harper on his podcast this past week, and he provided some insight as to why they're wearing what they're wearing and what, what this whole gimmick is about. But, you know, what people forget with some of that hokiness is that these two guys are big, mean freaks and uh they can go and they yeah you know i i think we we're probably gonna have too many triple threat matches at wrestlemania this year but if this ends up being a triple threat tag you've got six guys who all can go and yeah that powerbomb spot was dangerous on xavier woods and i know they they went with that injury that spinal contusion or whatever they're saying but man just take one look at his head on that like bounced right off the steel. This was dangerous, but it was also uh, high impact, and they did some really cool stuff on the outside. And they pulled this major, major angle. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I think these six guys, seven guys, are all deserving of a featured match at Mania. Now, um, I did want to ask too. The uh, I I had read just about everywhere that it was going to be Owens and Zayn again at Mania, but I, I thought last night's setup kind of set it up so it's a 
some sort of triple threat match, I guess, between Zane Owens uh, and Shane McMahon. How did yeah, I, I, you kind of had the same exact response I did. Ugh, like, what is, I, I don't, I don't understand this one. I, I really, I really don't. I mean, it can't be another triple threat. It just, it just can't be, you know? I mean, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, so you got a triple threat in the U.S. title match. You got a triple threat in the Intercontinental Championship match. You got a triple threat in this tag team match, unless they throw another team in there. You know, if you're going to do another triple threat here, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe this is a mixed, or not a mixed tag, but maybe this is a, uh, maybe this is a mystery partner kind of tag team thing that they're going to do. Um, I'm more worried that, that the, we're, we're in the era of the network where you can go as long as you want for show. And I was at WrestleMania last year, and, and seven hours was so long. I mean, it's, it's Wrestle Kingdom at this point, you know, and I, just because you have all that time and just because you have all of this talent, well, it's nice to get everyone a payday and you can get as many people a payday in the Battle Royal. It doesn't mean that you need all of these insane multi-man matches because it waters down the value of the programs for these big matches at your biggest show of the year, and I just, I worry about that. Uh, because there is so much talent. And, and everyone, yeah, they deserve to be showcased, but look at WrestleMania 2000 where there was one singles match on the card, and that was between Terry and the Cat. And uh, it did everything else is devalued because of that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think sometimes they get so, like, so into, we got to make it an event, we got to make it this. Like, okay, great. Like, you know, you go back and you watch WrestleMania 1 or Hell, even go back and watch WrestleMania 2. There's not a ton of tag team matches. There's not a ton of, like, mixed tag matches. They're not doing a lot of... You save that stuff for Survivor Series. That's when you get the, you know, the random five teams of people that team up together to take on the other, you know, random five guys. You know, that's that's what those things are for. When you start make, uh, making those, like, you know, almost the norm for the, for the big matches, especially for WrestleMania, you do water it down. Because to me... Yeah, you got that Rousey angle Triple H Steph thing. Okay, that could be a, a big one mainstream wise because everybody knows who Ronda Rousey is. Okay, and everybody really knows who Kurt Angle is for the most part. So I mean, you could you could really do that. But if you've got fifteen other mixed tag matches on the card for that, it's like, oh, it's oh, that's the one we have to pay attention to. So we don't have to pay attention to these other ones. Like it kind of shafts the other matches on the card when you have it like that and you make them similar. I, you make a great point, especially with those triple threats because it seems like that's their answer to everything. Let's do a triple threat. It's like, it's either that or the old Teddy Long, let's do a mixed tag match. You know, like it's, 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 it's the six-man tag. You know, I just worry, I, I just worry that it's just too much. And, and it does become devalued. You know, when, when you first heard the announcement of the Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Miz Triple Threat Intercontinental Championship match, which was the first Triple Threat match announced, you're like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's cool. That's something different. Uh, showcasing two really amazing athletes and, and the Miz who can talk his way out of a box. I mean, you're like, okay, that, that's something special. Well, now the U.S. Championship is going to be a Triple Threat and maybe the Tag Team Championship and maybe another one. So it's not quite as special, and WrestleMania should be for special things and special attractions. So, you know, I, I just I worry in that regard. Were you surprised at all that Oscar uh, came out and uh, challenged Charlotte last night after no. her match? No, I think I mentioned that on our last uh, segment too. I mean, I've I've fully expected this to be the direction for both of them, and especially how Raw was set up last week with Nia Jax crying and doing the whole thing with Alexa. 
Um, I'll tell you this. Seeing the segment unfold in front of my eyes, it really hit me that I think Oscar Charlotte is the biggest and the most important woman wrestling match WWE's ever put on. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about Trish and Lita, but the, the division was nowhere like it is now 15 years ago. And Bailey and Sasha and NXT Brooklyn, which I was at that match, and it was one of the best matches I've ever seen in person, but that was that was one of those stepping stones kind of thing for them. You know, this is main roster. This has a chance to be the single most important and, and high-profile women's wrestling match they've ever had, and I expect them to absolutely tear the house down. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate if they opened up the main show. I think it would be a hell of a way to set the tone for WrestleMania if they did that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. In fact, I. I could. You know, that was one. As soon as that that happened, I was like, you know what? And she and and she came out last night. I'm like, yeah, I. I could see that. Like that's one of the matches I immediately look forward to. Um, Cena Undertaker. Is that really going to happen? It, there's still one more ride left in the Undertaker. I almost feel like that cheapens something, doesn't it? From last yeah. year, because it kind of yeah. it kind of felt like a finale last year. Like, what's he going to leave behind this year? His boots. Like he left the gloves behind last year. Like, does he leave the boots behind so that we absolutely yeah. know he's retired? Like, how does this whole thing work? Maybe, maybe that's what they do. You know, uh, you know. Again, I was at Mania last year, and seeing that in person, it really felt like it was the end. But. Uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, you know, the match, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of great stuff from John Cena since Survivor Series, but at the same time, it's a huge main event caliber attraction match that would probably close a show. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are poo-pooing the story that they're telling right now with John Cena. Because, look, we know this guy's going to have a WrestleMania match, but I think John Cena's doing all he can to sell this as, as I might not have a match for WrestleMania. Not because management doesn't have a match for me, but because maybe I'm not, I'm not what I used to be. I, I'm not the caliber John Cena that deserves another WrestleMania match. And I think this is a really interesting story they're telling with the guy who used to be, ha-ha, he wins. And, uh, you know, it's, they'll have their match. It will be what it is. They can tell a nice story, I'm confident. And, you know, I, I would hope those wheels are put in motion tonight uh, cause, or, or tomorrow because I, I don't think you should tread any more water on that because I thought that six-man main event was excellent last night. And I thought Tina nudging the cameraman away at the end of the show was really a nice touch, and I look forward to it. I agree. I, I really like that one too. I thought that was all uh, all pretty well done. I look forward to Styles and Nakamura. I you know it, it that that one last night got me more fired up for WrestleMania than than Elimination Chamber did at all, which is usually really weird because usually the Raw pay per views are the ones that that tend to move things forward. But last night a little different. I, I thought they did a they did a good job with with that one on the network. Now now to the really really important stuff. How much of Yankee Spring Training have you watched so far? And did you <laughs> did you see the home runs over the weekend? Yes, another. He's, uh, he grew up Yankee in New Jersey. Guy. He grew up in New Jersey. What do you want? I will you know? give him that. Then. Okay, you know, like I'm pumped hey, already I for the season. Work, I used to work for Major League Baseball, so I can talk. And you want to talk Padres? We'll talk. Padres. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, you know uh, that uh, that John Carlos Stan home run was hit to Hoboken. I mean, that was incredible. So that was. Uh, that that was that was something, and you know, Judge finally getting things going in in that regard. Uh, you know, it, we'll see. I, I I think the AL East 
just going to be so much fun to watch this year between the Yankees and Red Sox. And you never know what other team could come out of the woodwork, too. Uh, you know, I think the Red Sox are going to be real good this year. And keep in mind, I mean, this is a team that won the division. So you, you can't take anything away from that. And it's going to be really awesome to watch meaningful Sunday night baseball games between the Yankees and Red Sox again. And last year we kind of started that, and now this year it's just that's where we're at. And, and as we get towards the, the climax of spring training here, I how can you not be excited for it? And finally starting to see all the free agents come off the board, Jake Marietta yesterday with the Phillies. So, I mean, hey, regular season's almost here, man. I, I can't wait. I can't either, and it, and it starts a little bit earlier this year. I also think uh, the the deal that uh, Moustakas signed with the Royals will will end yeah. up getting him placed on the trading block sooner rather than later. And with a six and a half million this year, I guarantee you, that's what he wanted. Yeah, if Andujar or Drury isn't isn't hitting well uh, around the around the deadline, I would not be shocked to see the to see the Yankees uh, make a run no. at him for the for the stretch. No, not at all, but, I mean, the way Andujar has been playing spring training, not that spring training necessarily an indication of anything, but that guy's knocking the cover off the ball right now. It's just uh, got to get a little better uh, defensively. But I'll tell you, man, uh, there's so much young talent in the AL East, and between those two teams, I, I just can't. And actually, breaking news right now, uh, Jeff Passan from Yahoo just reported Neil Walker just signed with the Yankees, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the news. Uh, uh, breaking See, the and news. Neil Neil Walker's a really guy. That, that's a guy that I've been wanting them to get for a little bit. And I was like, oh, you could sign him for whatever. The guy can hit. I mean, he's a good veteran. I mean, that's a that's a solid move, especially when you're when you were thinking about maybe having Torres play at second or whatever. But now that really alleviates some stuff. That's a great move by them, and I bet they got him for almost yeah. nothing. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. They're they're going to do whatever they can to stay under the threshold. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a veteran who comes in, can fill in some pieces. Uh, every great championship squad has a player like that, so that's good to have. John Alba joins us on the regular from Fox and ABC up in Bangor. Of course, you can find him online. Just look for John Alba on Twitter. And uh, yeah, any uh, any big uh, events coming up wrestling-wise that you, you yeah, want to mention? Yeah, like I said last time, we got Limitless Wrestling on March 30th. I actually, today, if you go to LimitlessWrestling.com, I dropped a column. Uh, I don't know if it's officially dropped yet or if it's dropping away tonight, but a, a column talking about uh, one of the hottest competitors, Danger Kid. And uh, that card is just so freaking stacked, man. March 30th in Westbrook. I cannot wait. I just did the IWE shows in Brewer. This past week, too, next month, uh, next month, ODB is going to be at IWE Brewer, who I always enjoyed during her time at TNA, so I'm excited to work with her. John Alba joins us after all the wrestling pay-per-views. We will, we will discuss him. We will talk about to him in just about four weeks, I guess. Four weeks from yesterday is WrestleMania. That's... Four weeks from yesterday. <sighs> Getting getting fired up. I guess I'm going to have to start my my marathon viewing because I try to watch all the WrestleManias leading up to yeah. the WrestleMania. That's a it's a difficult thing to do. Like I used to have to order the DVDs and then watch them back and forth and then switch out the DVDs like every third one. So it's a little easier well, now I'm with the network. The uh, I'm living the gimmick. My podcast in the coming weeks we're going to do a watch along of WrestleMania 17. That's what the fans voted for, and that's one of my all time favorite shows. So I can't wait. That was a good one. Right in the mood for WrestleMania. Yeah, that one. I, nothing will ever top WrestleMania three for me, but WrestleMania seventeen would probably be the second one. That would probably be number two. Like, so I don't awesome. know. 
There's there's something about Hulk and Andre that will just live forever in your mind, you know. And I can't wait for that Andre thing to be on HBO, but we'll talk about that next month. John, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate Take care, it. John. Thank you. That is John Alba. He is the sports director for Fox and ABC Maine in Bangor. You can follow him on Twitter. Just look for John Alba. We will take a break. We will have more around the corner. Maddie and Wing on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR Radio Network. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-501-3689 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-501-3689 for your free author submission kit. Again, 800-501-3689. Attention small business owners. You know how hard it is to get funding to